Right as, right as Bernie Sanders is about to be declared the winner in Iowa. You, you really just can't make this up. Here is what the New York Times is reporting. Oh, hold on. Here is what the New York Times is reporting as the results. 97% of precincts reporting. Pete Buttigieg, 26.2%. Bernie Sanders, 26.1%. So essentially, I can't do math. That's like a tenth? I don't know. Basically, they're tied uh, on the delegates. Right as Bernie Sanders is going to be declared the winner, I should say, because if we lived in a sane country, Bernie Sanders' first alignment in Iowa won by 6,000 votes. The second alignment, and we're going to get to the Iowa caucus later. Honestly, get rid of it. Sorry, Iowa. Get rid of the Iowa caucus. Bernie Sanders on final vote, still up 2,000 votes, over 2,000 votes. So if we had a sane democracy, Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucus very clearly. Popular vote. You know, the neoliberals like to scream about the popular vote in the 2016 election. And frankly, they are right. Hillary Clinton did win the general election by 3 million votes. Well, Bernie Sanders won by over 6,000 votes on the first round. On the second round, he is up by 2,500 votes. So, right as they are about to declare Bernie Sanders the winner... You know, at first, the Iowa Democratic Party, which, by the way, CNN is reporting that the DNC is, quote, unquote, running the show. The DNC is, quote, unquote, running the show in Iowa. So I'm not even going to bother saying the Iowa Democratic Party because they're not in charge here. Tom Perez and the Democratic Party has been running the show with this disaster in Iowa for days. For days, they've been running the show. So right as Bernie Sanders is about to be declared the winner, Tom Perez calls for a re-canvassing of the vote. What does that mean? Can it even, can a caucus be re-canvassed in the first place? Who knows? But Tom Perez calls for a re-canvassing, which essentially means Let's start from scratch and recount. Not a recount, not a revote, not a revote, but a recounting of everything. I mean, you just can't make this up. And why, why, right at the end, when Bernie Sanders is about to be declared the winner, and by the way, even if Bernie Sanders is declared the winner, to be consistent, there needs to be an independent forensic audit of these numbers. Even if Bernie is declared the winner, which I know a lot of you would be very excited about, but the numbers cannot be trusted. I have gone over and over and over and over and over on my Twitter. The inconsistencies, the errors, I'm about to get on the phone and show you one of those errors uh, with a Bernie precinct captain. But, uh, uh, errors, air quotes. So right as Bernie Sanders is about to be declared the winner, Tom Perez tweets out this. Enough is enough. In light of problems that have emerged in the implementation of the delegate selection plan, and in order to assure public confidence in the results, I am calling on the Iowa Democratic Party to immediately begin to re-canvass. 
Again, Tom Perez of the DNC have been, quote, running the show there for days. So right as Bernie Sanders is about to be declared the winner, if you've been following, they first reported 62% of the precincts, which was a ridiculous way to report this. The, the entire way they have done this is ridiculous. It gave Pete Buttigieg three days of millions of dollars of free media advertising to falsely declare himself the winner of the Iowa caucus. And it's helping him rise in the New Hampshire polls, which I'm about to show you in a bit. So they should have never reported 62% of the precincts and then moved it up to 71% of the precincts and then moved it up to 75% of the precincts and then moved it up to 85% of the precincts and then moved it up to 92% of the precincts and now 97%. They should have counted them all up and released it as one, even though we all would have hated waiting. What Tom Perez of the DNC, he could, he could say it's the Iowa State Democratic Party, but as CNN reported, as others have reported, Tom Perez and the DNC have been running the show. They have been in control of what gets released, when it gets released, for days. Since the caucus night, when the decision was made not to release the results. Remember how Pete Buttigieg called, his campaign called the Des Moines Register two days before the Iowa caucus, complaining that a poll, you know, complaining that one person who was called by the pollster was not offered Pete Buttigieg as a choice. Remember that? And then the Des Moines Register, for the first time in its history, didn't release its final poll. Guess who called the Iowa State Democratic Party this morning? I mean, you just can't make this up. Buttigieg campaign had a call with the Iowa Democratic Party this morning and raised concerns about how the party was allocating uh, state delegate, delegate equivalents from satellite caucuses. Satellite caucuses are the new caucuses this year. They are for uh, people who could not get to the caucuses at night, Iowans that live out of state that still want to vote, young people from Iowa that live out of state because they go to college out of state, minority communities like Latinos, Muslims. Bernie Sanders' campaign is the only campaign that actually organized, that actually put resources and money into these satellite caucuses, and they are cleaning up. They are getting, by far, the most delegates from all of these satellite locations, and because of that, they have closed the gap to basically a tie. He's winning in the popular vote, but basically a tie in the actual state delegate equivalents. And because of that, Mayor Pete's campaign is calling the Iowa State Democratic Party, meaning Mayor Pete is calling the Democratic National Committee and Tom Perez, and they are complaining about the satellite caucus and the distribution of satellite of state delegate equivalents from those satellite caucuses. So let's get something straight here. Pete Buttigieg campaign, when he ran for mayor in 2010, all out of nowhere, some some nobody running for mayor in South Bend, Indiana, is getting tens of thousands of dollars from people who work in Barack Obama's administration, donors to Hillary Clinton. It's just strange. It's almost like they've been grooming him for a decade 
for right now where they're trying to rig the entire election for Pete Buttigieg. And I say rig as a journalist because common sense and the facts in front of us is this is rigged. When every single error goes against Bernie Sanders, when every single decision is made to the benefit of corporate funded establishment candidates to the detriment of Bernie Sanders, what do you call that? Coincidence? To me, and I tweeted this, any journalist reporting this as not intentional needs to find another job because you lack the appropriate cynicism to be a journalist. Pete Buttigieg's campaign calls and complains that the way the state satellite caucuses that are just so happens going to uh, Bernie Sanders are being distributed is unfair to him. And then Tom Perez took the step of calling for a re-canvas specifically because of issues around how the Iowa Democratic Party was allocating state delegate equivalents from satellite caucus sites, two sources tell CNN. One source said the DNC wanted to get ahead of candidate recount calls. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's follow here. I know there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of information and we're going to get to all of it. Let me get something straight here. Pete Buttigieg's campaign has the Des Moines Register spike its poll. Right? The Des Moines Register, the gold standard in polling, spikes its entire poll two days before the Iowa caucus, which, oh, just so happens, just so happened when the poll was leaked to have Buttigieg in a distant no, well, not a distant third place, close third place, but distant first place, 16%. 16% Buttigieg was at. They spiked the poll because Pete Buttigieg complains that one person who was called was not offered Pete as a choice. Then the app developed by the Democratic National Committee and the Iowa State Democratic Party, which just so happens, as Jen did great reporting yesterday, go watch her videos, has all sorts of connections to the Buttigieg campaign, also connections to Hillary Clinton, this app. It goes haywire. Then, Tom Perez, who is running the show, running the show in Iowa, Tom Perez makes the Iowa State Democratic Party release the results in a way that is makes Pete Buttigieg look great for three days and makes Bernie Sanders look like he has lost. What What that did was allow Pete Buttigieg to get millions of dollars in free media coverage declaring himself the winner. I mean, CNN declared him the winner. Just look at this. Appears for Sanders, but on the other hand, he, he did lose to a small town mayor. CNN was reporting it that Bernie Sanders lost to a small town mayor. They reported that, by the way, when there was only 71% of precincts back. This is what CNN was doing. So there's so many examples of the errors that went on and i just want to be clear just just to just to tell you we need to stop saying it speaking like it was the iowa state democratic party doing this tom perez 
took mission control. He was the captain of this ship. The Democratic National Committee that rigged the primary in 2016, they were calling the shots. The Democratic National Committee. I'm about to have a Bernie Sanders campaign precinct chair call in because I want to explain to you how exactly they, they tried to rig this. Okay? So basically, Tom Perez is calling for a re-canvassing because Pete Buttigieg campaign knows that they're about to lose because the satellite locations that had Muslim Americans voting, uh, that had Latino Iowans voting, that had shift workers voting, that had young people out of state voting that are from Iowa but go to college out of state, that had African Americans voting, all of these brand new satellite locations were supporting Bernie Sanders overwhelmingly because Bernie Sanders' campaign is the only one is the only campaign that actually put resources into it. So that's not the only that went on in Iowa that Tom Perez was making the Iowa State Democratic Party only release results that were bad for Bernie and not release results that were good for Bernie. So I'm about to call a, a, a woman named Jen. Let me get her on the phone here to explain to you how this worked. All right. So... I'm describing to the audience that essentially what you had uh, often in the Iowa caucus results was the state party, which was the essentially the Democratic National Committee. The state party was reporting, uh, you know, in some cases I saw 12 out of 13 precincts reporting in some areas. Uh, and in your area, they were reporting 15 out of 16 precincts reporting. And why this matters is because in, mo in the cases that I found, and, and precincts just mean uh, different locations within the different counties of Iowa. Why this matters is the cases that I found, all the precincts were, had been reported to the state party, in some cases for over a day. Right. So can you describe... Uh, what your participation in the caucus was, what precinct you were at, and what were the abnormalities that you had brought to my attention? Absolutely. So I am the Haywarden caucus chair, and also I was one of two Bernie precinct captains for our location. And we caucus in Haywarden. We are out of Sioux County. And Redding is also another precinct in Sioux County, and they caucused with us in the same exact room. I led the speech for both my precinct, which is Haywarden, as well as Reading Precinct, although they had a separate caucus chair and so that they could align and count their delegates separately from ours. But we both had our, our precincts reported at the same time, and our Sioux County Democrats vice chair has confirmed to me that all of our reporting, along with the rest of the um, 16 precincts in Sioux County, were all done to the IDP without issue. And as of this morning, she has still not received any type of uh, response as to why my precinct is the only one not reflecting. But I don't understand how it is that Reading Precinct was reported in the first batch of Iowa Democratic Party results released from Sioux County for Haywarden area and they caucus in the same room as us and Haywarden is still not reflecting at all. So 
I'm showing on the screen. You probably can't see it right now, but the New York the New York Times map, which is just the state what the state has reported, says 15 of 16 precincts reporting. I looked on the Iowa State Party um, results. Hay Warden is the missing precinct. So, what's the difference, if you don't mind me asking, between Hay Warden and Redding that were in the same location? They voted in the same location. Were sent to the state party in the same at the same time, did were, did one candidate do better in the missing precinct that oh, did the other? Oh, I'm sure you'll be surprised to hear this. Bernie won our precinct with half of the total delegates being awarded to Bernie and half of the voters in our precinct voting for Bernie. Out of the 12 delegates that our precinct elected, six of them went to Bernie, four of them went to Pete, and two of them went to Biden. And Reading Precinct, they are a smaller precinct, but still, they were electing two delegates. I don't believe either one went to Bernie. Well, I looked, and yeah, Bernie got no delegates. I think Pete, Pete got like 0.8, so like almost one. Uh, yeah. But the bottom line is, two, two, two precincts in the same location. Yep. One of them, Reading, Bernie gets no delegates. They yep. report those results on Tuesday. Right. It is Thursday now. Yep. Your precinct held at the same exact location, not reported. Bernie picked up two delegates. Now, yes. now, a lot of corporate media reporters have been <clears throat> describing these as quote unquote errors um, and saying that, you know, I and other Bernie Sanders people, I mean, I'm a journalist, but I, you know, I don't hide. I support him. But they are describing this as kooky conspiracy theories. But what what credible reason, because you've spoken with your county chair, what credible reason if – because this isn't the first instance that I found this. I found this in Polk County. I found this in other counties where, I mean, the state county – excuse me, the county chair uh, sent in the results for all yep. precincts to the yep. state party like – in some cases, 24 hours ago, in some cases, 48 hours ago, yet it's showing up 12 out of 13 precincts. It's showing up uh, 15 out of 16 precincts. And what do you know? Each quote-unquote error, the missing precinct, went to Bernie Sanders. How how are people with two eyes, some brain cells, supposed to take that other than they are selectively releasing results to give Pete Buttigieg at, at least a couple days and de- 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 deprive Bernie Sanders' campaign and his supporters of a clear victory. That is what exactly I believe as well, because there is absolutely no reason that I have been provided as to why our precinct is the sole precinct in Sioux County that is not reflecting on the Iowa Democratic Party caucus website. My vice chair for the Sioux County Democrats has assured me on multiple occasions via phone and voicemail that our math, our caucus forms were all 100% accurate. They were all reported without issue. There is nothing to discover in my information and i've shared the the caucus worksheet on twitter multiple times so i mean it's i'm trying the only reason that i volunteered was so that our county or our community would have their votes counted because nobody else wanted to step up so i told them from the get-go that i was a burning precinct captain they said well it's not desirable to have somebody in two roles so we'll come back to you if we cannot find anybody else in your precinct they came back to me i took it and this is where we are (laughs) and putting aside the results for a second. 
How incredibly unfair is this to Bernie Sanders volunteers? You know, to be fair, to be fair, Elizabeth Warren had a lot of volunteers. Uh, Other camp, I mean, not not so much Biden, but there are plenty of campaigns that had people, well, Bernie more so than anyone else, had volunteers flying in every state in the country, other countries. And essentially, it looks like, based on the results we have now, which I don't even know. Honestly, I say even if Bernie Sanders wins the Iowa caucus, there needs to be a full independent audit because maybe he won by five to seven points. Who the hell knows? I mean, uh, but how do you feel as a volunteer who took your time, effort to try and uh, pull this out for Bernie, uh, what they've been doing the last few days? I am very frustrated. Um, I'm not with anybody at the Bernie camp. They did great. I've been in constant contact with them. And I believe that everybody at our Sioux County Democrats level, full disclosure, did fine. Did, they did fine. They they did nothing wrong. It is somewhere in the IDP leadership that we are not getting results or we are not getting the answers for the reporting that has already been submitted to them. They've had my counties. They've had my precinct. They've had them since Tuesday morning. And they have nothing to show for it for Haywarden, even though they reported Reading right away. There's no reason they can't do that. And why this is so important, people watching might be like, well, who cares about some small precincts? I mean, you're looking at the results. The difference is just a few delegates. (laughs) And and, and what you're talking about is two delegates to Bernie, six delegates to Bernie, four to Pete. So that it might not birdie over, but that coupled with satellite locations and others, I mean, that could make the difference in, I mean, he's already winning the popular vote, which if we had a sane country, that would be that. But precincts like you that are mysteriously missing could make the difference. Yeah. And and it's a slap in the face to everybody that came together to volunteer to volunteer both at caucus um, volunteers as well as Bernie Precinct or Bernie State volunteers. It's a slap in the face to all of us that we fought very, very hard for the last year to know our procedures, know our rules, know our regulations and rules that govern the caucus process. We were all on top of that. It's at this point that I wonder how they couldn't get their technology confirmed in four years that they had to prepare for this caucus at the leadership level that is, is ultimately just blowing my mind. <laughs> and um, what does this say? I mean, I know, you're, I know you're from Iowa, but I mean, to me, with all due respect, I mean, at a certain point, this system, yes, the DNC is involved here, but I mean, this system is ripe for corruption. I mean, yep. and by the way, even if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's not corruption, it's ripe for severe human error. Yep. Um, what does this say about the Iowa caucus in the future to you? I hope that we don't have to caucus again, honestly. And I'm saying that as someone who will not want to, will not want to run the caucus again after all of this mess. I've had so many people question me, and, I'm, and it's just frustrating as someone who volunteered to say, you know, well, if you thought you'd do a better job, you should have stepped forward. But I think that they need to get rid of the caucus process at this point because it's clear from not only this time in 2020, but as well as 2016, that the caucus process is flawed. Very flawed. It's not something that our IDP can clearly fix because they have four years to do so, and here we are again. So it's just it's frustrating, and I hope that we we make it more accessible to people. I had somebody leave in my in my caucus because their daughter or their child had just had a heart surgery and they couldn't stay to be aligned. 
So it's, it's frustrating to know that there are people out there that want to vote, that want their voices heard and their communities represented, and they're prohibited because of conflicts that they can't, they can't be avoided by the caucus process. Right, right. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I am going to follow up on all these irregularities uh, as best as I thank can. You. And uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So clearly this was an effort to steal this thing from Bernie Sanders. And I mean, just look at it. Look at the timeline here. Again, we already told you Pete Buttigieg's campaign complained about the way the satellite caucuses uh, uh, were being distributed as far as delegates. What's happening? Iowa Party has allocated state delegate equivalents to satellites relatively straightforwardly, proportionally based on raw turnout. The Democratic National Committee is interpreting the rules in a way that somewhat, that would somewhat, not entirely, flatten that distribution, making it less directly linked to raw turnout. Well, I wonder why they're doing that. Is that because these are the locations that actually would put Bernie Sanders over the top? And by the way, the narrative has always been from the neoliberal folks atop woke-back mountain. From the neoliberal folks atop woke-back mountain. Wonderful graphic by Colin. Well, Bernie's just, you know, he has white people. He can't move a, a coalition together. Well, the very satellite caucus locations that the DNC is trying to basically water down their delegate equivalents in order to assure Mayor CIA, I mean Pete Buttigieg, a victory? Who was at those satellite locations? Muslims, Latinos, African Americans, union workers. These, a lot of these satellite locations were minority communities that have never voted. Remember, Status Quo has been reporting for months that Bernie Sanders' campaign, their strategy, was not just to try and get the, the existing Democratic base, but to try and expand the electorate, to try and get more Latinos out. Excuse me, to try and get first-time voters out, uh, new Latinos out that have never voted before, new Muslims out that have never voted uh, before, new African-Americans out that have not, uh, never voted before, new immigrants out that, have, that can vote which other candidates are not trying to get, expand the electorate. Right now, if you want to even take these numbers as faith, I don't take them on faith because how could you actually trust these numbers? They were put together by the DNC with the Iowa State Democratic Party's help. And how could you trust this? I, I don't mean to be conspiratorial, but it says... 97%, 97% reporting. A three state delegate equivalent difference. Bernie down, I'm not good at math, but that's basically tied. But the problem here is, let's say with that final 3% reporting that Bernie takes the lead, that's great. I'm a Bernie guy. I'd be happy. But that doesn't mean it's over. There needs to be an independent forensic audit done by a firm or individuals that have no financial history with the Democratic National Committee, have no financial history with the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, completely agnostic. Because to me, look at these polls. Again, look at these polls. 
the final poll that the Iowa that the Des Moines Register did that they would not release because Mayor Pete complained had Buttigieg at 16%. Yet the results that are being reported have a 10 point differential. The, the, the reports that are be, the, the numbers that are putting out have a 10 point differential between what the gold standard of polling, the Des Moines Register, had two days before the Iowa caucus. Here is the history. Thank you, Jen, for getting this to me. Here is the history of the Des Moines Register in terms of their margin of error. First of all, in the last 30 years, they have correctly called the winner every single time but once. They were wrong about Romney first, Rick Santorum. Other than that, they have called the winner correctly for the, every single time for the last 30 years. So if you want to believe these numbers, which I do not, you have to assume that a very, very unusual thing has occurred and the Des Moines Register had, had it wrong. You would also have to believe that there was a 10-point error two days, within two days of the caucus. So here is the average errors for all of their polling before Iowa for the last 30 years. The highest average error, excuse me, is a little over 4%. Okay, so let's get this straight. Final poll that was spiked because Mayor CIA complained has them at 16%. According to the numbers that Tom Perez is putting out there, because again, CNN reports the DNC is running the show in Iowa. He's at 26%. Yet the average error for the Des Moines Register is a little over 4% over the last 30 years. The biggest error they had, so we're looking at the average, but the biggest error they had was 10%. So, Is there precedence for them being wrong by 10 points? Yes. But on average, no. The average error, no. Folks, we need to, by the way, by the way, and we're going to get to this later, Bernie Sanders brought out more young people in this caucus then came out for Barack Obama in a record year in 2008. More young voters aged 17 to 29 came out for Bernie Sanders in this caucus than Barack Obama had in 2008. So when the establishment and Jennifer Rubin and Chris Hardball Matthews and the Washington Post and all of these brainiacs say Bernie Sanders is unelectable, he's going to get crushed as against Trump. And we need to have a moderate to court moderate Republicans, which isn't even a thing anymore. There is no such thing as moderate Republicans. This was the brilliant strategy Hillary Clinton's campaign had in 2016. You remember when Chuck Schumer said, for every two blue-collar workers we lose, we'll pick up, excuse me, for every blue-collar worker we lose, we'll pick up two moderate Republicans. How'd that work out? Well, here's an alternative vision of how you win. You beat Barack Obama's record numbers in 2008 among young people. You expand the electorate with more Muslims, more Latinos, 
more African-Americans, that's how you're going to crush Donald Trump. Who, by the way, if you watched his State of the Union, was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. And I've seen some scary things. He literally awarded Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Honor. Sorry that he's dying of cancer, but that is horrific. Rush Limbaugh is one of the most disgusting, dangerous, vile, racist, misogynist, horrible people on planet Earth. I feel bad for his family but about the cancer, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean he's not. He deserves praise. If you watch Donald Trump, State of the Union, it was like a fascist horror movie for right-wing red meat dog whistling. And you are going to beat that with Pete Buttigieg, who basically needs the DNC to very, very, very um, pathetically try to steal the Iowa caucus for him. And by the way, by the way, just to be clear, once the results are audited, which again, I don't even, it doesn't even matter if Bernie Sanders wins. I mean, it matters, but I'm, I'm going to be consistent. It should be audited whether he's declared the winner or not. Pete Buttigieg still got a lot of votes. I mean, I can't take that away from him. But Pete Buttigieg only plays to white Americans. You're going to beat Donald Trump, who, by the way, I haven't covered this because I've been so busy. Donald Trump's administration is literally handing cash out to low-income black people at events all around the country. Donald Trump's uh, administration is going after the black vote. And frankly, they did pass more civil rights, uh, excuse me, more criminal justice reform than President Obama's administration did. Obviously, he doesn't care about black people who's doing it just to get their vote. But you're going to have Mayor Pete beat this guy? And by the way, just to show you how corrupt Tom Perez is, CNN is reporting Tom Perez wants this re-canvassing. He's not concerned about the actual count, which has, I mean, I've lost count. We're talking tens of dozens of errors, if you want to call them errors. He's not concerned about the actual count. He's concerned of the mechanism of how the satellite caucus, again, the caucus locations that are overwhelmingly swinging to Bernie, he's concerned about how those are going to be distributed. So to, boy, to, to just dumb it down for you, because all of this caucus stuff is very complicated, Tom Perez doesn't want a re-canvassing because he's worried about the integrity of the overall vote, the overall count. He wants a re-canvassing because what's remaining is going to put Bernie Sanders over the top. And he wants to water down the satellite locations. And it's very, it's very ironic. It's very ironic to me. Because Tom Perez and the DNC, who have been playing identity politics for the last decade, who, who in order to avoid income inequality, in order to avoid the new Gilded Age, in order to avoid their corruption, they're selling out working class people to Wall Street, to the fossil to big pharma, to real estate developers, to Silicon Valley. In order to avoid all that, they have played identity politics, talking about how we need, you know, black transgender women to run, which I think is great. But I don't really care if you're black transgender. I don't care if you're glow in the dark. I care if you're for Medicare for all. 
I care if you're for free public college tuition. I care if you're for ending private prisons. I care if you're for banning fracking. I care about progressive policies. I don't care what you look like, who you love. It doesn't matter. And maybe some people would say that's short-sighted, but that's how I, what I believe. But the Democratic Party, who has been playing identity politics for the last two decades, are now trying to water down, water down, how the delegates are, are sent, are distributed from satellite locations that had Muslims come out in bigger numbers than ever before, that had Latinos come out in Iowa in bigger numbers than ever before, that had African-Americans come out in numbers like we've never seen before in Iowa. Mayor Pete's been declaring a win for days now. Why should people believe your victory speech over his? Because I got 6,000 more votes. And from where I come, when you get 6,000 more votes, that's generally regarded to be the winner. Oh, Bernie Sanders dropping the mic, baby. Bernie Sanders dropping the mic. So we've already established how corrupt they are. But apparently, apparently, because Pete Buttigieg is a walking empty vessel, as Status Quo has been reporting for months, apparently Pete Buttigieg agrees with Bernie Sanders that whoever gets the most votes wins. At risk of sounding a little simplistic, one thing I believe is that in an American presidential election, the person who gets the most votes ought to be the person who wins. So breaking news, Pete Buttigieg has conceded the Iowa caucus. Pete Buttigieg has conceded the Iowa caucus to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's see uh, if we have any updates here. All right. Still at 97%. They still have Mayor Pete. But what's amazing to me, what's amazing to me about this, and this is why independent media is not only great, but critical. Independent media is absolutely critical. You had CNN. I played it for you earlier. You had CNN reporting two days ago. Oh, well, Bernie lost to a small town mayor. You have ABC News. ABC News. I don't know if it's still up. ABC News, right before I went live, is literally reporting that Pete Buttigieg has more popular votes than Bernie Sanders. I don't know if they've changed it, but I got a screenshot. That is wrong. Bernie Sanders has had more votes this entire time. You have had media, you have Salon, uh, I think I saw it, uh, Salon or was it Slate? Was it Slate.com? Slate reported uh, how Pete won when literally like 29% of the precincts had not been reported yet. I'm joking, by the way, that was a joke. I'm saying, based on Pete Buttigieg's previous statements, I guess he's conceding the Iowa caucus. Since he says the winner, the person with the most votes should win. By the way, this is what Pete Buttigieg said about Bernie Sanders in 2017. This is what happens when you're a walking empty vessel. Uh, you get caught cheat, lying and being a fraud. In terms of 
national politics. Did you support Bernie Sanders or did you support Hillary Clinton? Uh, I, so uh, I supported uh, Hillary Clinton uh, in, uh, I worked very hard to do what I could to get her uh, elected in the general election against Donald Trump. Uh, I also, when I was a high school student, noticed uh, Bernie Sanders actually, at, at the time I was looking for a subject to write uh, uh, an essay for the Profiles and Courage essay contest. And he was kind of a, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I won with, it, with this essay that I wrote about then Congressman Sanders. So I've always admired him as well. And because think, he was a socialist or because? Because he, he said what he meant. He right. meant what he said. And a democratic uh, socialist. while being very clear in his political values, he was actually pretty successful in working with people uh, across the aisle. And I think that's a message that certainly has played out in my lifetime, whether you look at uh, Paul Wellstone, who votes against the Iraq war yeah. on the eve of his reelection in a state where the war is popular. He takes an unpopular yeah. stand and somehow his approval goes up. And frankly, I think the same was true of George W. Bush as well, who, who had a line that he used to say, I remember this from working on the Kerry campaign, George W. Bush used to say with devastating effect, uh, you always know where I stand. And he said it in a way that suggested you couldn't uh, say the same of his opponent. Uh, and even people who might not have agreed with him were inclined to support somebody who they thought was guided by conviction. For the Democratic voter who hasn't paid attention until now, What's the difference between you and Senator Sanders? Well, the difference is that I have an approach that can build a sense of unity that we're going to need, not only in order to win, but in order to govern. We have an extraordinary majority of Democrats, yes, but quite a few independents and a healthy number of Republicans ready to get that done. Why would now of all times we go for a my way or the highway politics? You know, Pete Buttigieg. Now it's my way or the highway. Bernie's my way or the highway now. But a couple years ago, Bernie's been very effective working across the aisle. I mean, it's just, he's such an empty vessel, you can't even make this stuff up. You just can't. Uh, I don't have any clips prepared because I've been focused on Iowa. But if you watched the CNN town hall that they did for Joe Biden last night, it was one of the most embarrassing journalistic things I have ever seen. And I've seen a lot of embarrassing, shameful journalistic displays. See, Joe Biden, who came in a pathetic, or it looks like will come in a pathetic fourth place in Iowa. This is the most electable candidate, right? Joe Biden, who came in a pathetic fourth place in Iowa, was given an hour infomercial by CNN, where they did not ask him one tough question. When Joe Biden brazenly lied and said he's been for expanding Social Security for his entire career, Anderson Cooper did not challenge him at all, did not challenge him at all, and then uh, gave him, I think it was 10 to 15 minutes to basically, you know, get sympathy that he's had a stutter for his whole life. Now... I don't want to criticize someone with a stutter. I had a stutter as a kid. It's, you know, great that he's been able to, for the most part, overcome it. Not so much now, but, you know, this is to run for president. This man has a 40-year record. He has voted for, he has voted for wars. He has voted to offshore jobs to other countries. He is hoarding money right now from Wall Street bankers, fossil f***ers, big pharma, big real estate, Silicon Valley. He is hoarding money from union-busting companies, union-busting attorneys. He is pro-fracking, which is literally expediting the burning of our planet and the demise of our planet. 
he has lied about pretty much his entire political record. And you're giving him 15 minutes to wax poetic and get sympathy on his stutter? Which, by the way, if you're actually watching him and are objectively watching him, the issue he's having, to me, and I'm not a doctor, does not seem to be a stutter. Because when he was vice president, he was not stuttering like this. Seems to me there's some form of cognitive decline going on here. And again, to be fair, not a doctor, not diagnosing. But from what I see, he, he's having problems remembering things. He's having problems remembering where he is. He's talking, before, he's talking faster than his thoughts are processing. But do you think tonight Ber uh, CNN is going to give Bernie Sanders 15 minutes to talk about losing his family in the Holocaust? To talk about his experience being arrested, marching for civil rights? You think they're going to give Bernie Sanders 15 minutes for that? Like they gave Bernie Sanders, uh, Joe Biden? Please. With all of this Iowa and I'm, I'm about to, I, I'm going to get to New Hampshire and what the polls are and how Bernie's looking in New Hampshire. But with all of this, Iowa, and that's what it is. It's by Tom Perez, by the DNC. I also, before we get to New Hampshire, I want to put all of this in context. Because for... For the corporate media propagandists who claim that all of this is just, you know, incompetence, who claim all of this is just human error, who claim, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist if you think that this is, you know, a, a big, big cabal against Bernie Sanders. Let's just look at the last five days. Put aside what we're seeing in Iowa the selective reporting of results to prop up Pete Buttigieg and hurt Bernie Sanders. Put aside all of it. Just, just in the last five days, DNC members discussing rules to, to stop Bernie Sanders at the convention. We know about this. Reports that DNC members are very antsy about Bernie and, and are talking about moving the superdelegates back from the, second from the second ballot back to the first ballot. Then you have the DNC, after they denied Tulsi Gabbard to make the debate stage, after they denied Andrew Yang to make the debate stage, after they denied Julian Castro to make the debate stage, Cory Booker to, to make the debate stage, all because they didn't have both of the um, categories the DNC mandated, the polling criteria and the individual donors. They just opened the door. They changed their own rules for Michael Bloomberg after he just so happens to have given them $325,000 right before running for president. And we're going to get to Michael Bloomberg because, oh my God, the video clips coming out about Michael Bloomberg? Yeah, go ahead and run Michael Bloomberg against Donald Trump. See what happens. The, the guy who stood up for George W. Bush and Rudy Giuliani at Republican conventions. Are you fucking out of your mind? They want to lose. At this point, you got to think they want to lose. So they arbitrarily changed the rules for Big Daddy Michael Bloomberg. Now, Sludge reports, Tom Perez put on the DNC Rules Committee two of Michael Bloomberg's top surrogates. I mean, you just, this is not even subtle. 
Tom Perez is making what Debbie Wasserman Schultz look, did in 2016 look like child's play. This is not subtle. They're not hiding the corruption. They're not hiding trying to rig it. They're just fucking rigging it. As the DNC establishes procedures for the Democratic National Committee nominating process, two members of the DNC Rules Committee simultaneously work on the campaign for Bloomberg. Having surrogates on the DNC's Rules Committee and the Standing Rules and Bylaws Committee could be a boon for Bloomberg if nominating rules are reopened for amendment ahead of the July convention. Some DNC members who are concerned about the polling support of Senator Sanders have discussed reversing rule changes, limiting the power of superdelegates. It's ridiculous. Michael Nutter, the former mayor of Philadelphia, who is a member of the Standing Rules and Bylaws Committee, was selected by Bloomberg in December 2019 to serve as his campaign's national political chair. Also, Alexandra Rucker, a Rules Committee member and superdelegate from California, was hired as a senior advisor to the Bloomberg campaign last month. Rucker, who was previously a lobbyist for the Communications Workers of America, is a vice chair of the California Democratic Party. By the way, if you're watching from California, you have till February 17th. You have till February 17th to register as a Democrat in the Democratic primary. I would not register if you were in California as non-party preference or whatever nonsense. California is complicated. You got to register as a Democrat. If you don't, you might get a provisional ballot. So if you're in California and you want to vote in the primary, you got till February 17th. If you're in New York, you have till February 14th. So that is, I believe, eight days from now. So know your registration deadlines. They are not making it easy for you to know those. So basically, the DNC is so freaking out. Because the DNC, by the way, Tom Perez, we're giving too much credit. The DNC is just an organ for corporate America. It's, it, it is not run by Tom Perez. It's run by Wall Street. It's run by the fossil fuel industry, big pharma, big real estate, lobbyists, the whole nine. It's not actually run by Tom Perez, just like the Democratic Party is not run by Nancy Pelosi. Special interests run the Democratic Party. To be fair, they run the Republican Party too. So they are so freaked out looking at this populist movement exploding around the country, that they are right just openly trying to rig the rules. Not only has Tom Perez just loaded every single committee with Bernie deranged, Hillary-loving, Neeratandon-like figures for the Democratic National Convention, but he changed the rules last minute after Mike Gravel's campaign, by the way, released audio when they hit 65,000 donors, they recorded a conversation with the DNC and a DNC official said, we can't change the rules for anybody, sorry. Yet the rules were changed for Michael Bloomberg after he gave the near bankruptcy, by the way, DNC $325,000. Well, what other things are they gonna do for Michael Bloomberg? Oh, we'll appoint two of the people working for your campaign to the rules committee. This is like, I, I texted Jen last night the mafia isn't even this corrupt. I mean, obviously there's murder involved, but like the corruption is at least behind, behind closed doors when it comes to the mafia. This is just open corruption. And they're banking on just journalists not looking, not paying attention. I, I don't know. I really don't know what these people are thinking. 
It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Let's look at the New Hampshire polls because what Tom Perez did here in giving Pete Buttigieg days of totally false, totally unearned, totally contrived uh, victory narratives with the CNN as an accomplice. Look at these polls. New Hampshire, Boston Globe. Bernie up six, but Buttigieg up four at 19%. He's up four because he was declared the winner of the Iowa caucus with 62% of the precincts in. You can't make this up. So Pete got a bump there. Yes, Bernie is up, but he got a bump. And we're going to get into Biden and Warren in a little bit. New Hampshire, New Hampshire Emerson. Bernie's killing it. 10 points. He's up. But Buttigieg got a four-point bump. It helps when you're falsely declared the winner of the Iowa caucus. Morning consult. First time, by the way, in the morning consult national poll, Bernie Sanders is in the lead. He's up three points, uh, one point above Biden, who's at 24. Of course, it's within the margin of error, but it is noteworthy that Bernie is in the lead. But Buttigieg up five points. Well, it definitely helps when you're falsely declared the winner of the Iowa caucus. But Bernie Sanders, 538's pledge delegate estimate for the entire nominating process, now has Bernie Sanders winning 1,765 pledge delegates. 1990 needed to win the nomination. Has Biden at 929, Warren at 568, Buttigieg 383. 538 odds of winning the Democratic nomination, Bernie Sanders 49%. So, as you can see here, for New Hampshire, oh, Monmouth, New Hampshire, has Bernie up six, Buttigieg unchanged. This poll, I, this poll, I want to make an important point here. Monmouth has been a, one of the worst polls for Bernie Sanders. Monmouth, Quinnipiac, YouGov have been usually the worst polls for Bernie Sanders. Monmouth and Quinnipiac in particular are, are very, very, very consistent in oversampling older voters and undersampling younger voters. So they wildly, particularly Monmouth, oversamples older voters. So the fact that Bernie Sanders is up six points actually is consistent with other polls in New Hampshire that show Bernie Sanders was closing the gap with Joe Biden among voters over the age of 45. First of all, we need to get to what I think, what I think is the biggest takeaway from Iowa. Because Tom Perez has been effective in what he tried to do. Even when Bernie Sanders is declared the winner, if he's declared the winner, uh, not just in the popular vote, but the delegates and all that, uh, he's been successful. He deprived Bernie Sanders of, and his supporters, let's not forget, Bernie Sanders, I mean, I met people from California, Arizona, Chicago, New York, Texas, um, all over the country. Volunteers came in and knocked on doors in Iowa for Bernie Sanders. He had people from out of the country come in and knock on doors for Bernie Sanders. So he deprived Bernie Sanders, the media bump, the polling bump, uh, and his supporters who worked so hard the bump for three days. That cannot be diminished. And he gave to Pete Buttigieg a massive bump. A massive, massive bump. But what does this mean for New Hampshire? First of all, um, if Joe Biden does not 
win New Hampshire or come in a very, very close second place, I think his campaign is all but dead. Because, sure, his campaign can make the argument that he's still got South Carolina and he's set up well for Super Tuesday, but he came in fourth place in Iowa. And if you don't win New Hampshire, if you don't come in a very, very close second in New Hampshire, I don't know how you make an electability argument. Yes, he's currently doing, he's up in South Carolina, but that, that um, result, that lead is shrinking in South Carolina. Remember, Bernie Sanders does not have to win South Carolina to basically be victorious. Even if he comes within five points in South Carolina, that's a victory if you're Bernie Sanders. I think he lost to Hillary Clinton by 30 to 40 points. More importantly, forget the, forget the narrative. Joe Biden needs to crush in South Carolina because for delegates, how Hillary Clinton won, besides cheating, thank, with Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Obama's help, was she cleaned up in these big, big delegate states in the beginning of the, of the primary because the DNC front-loaded the schedule. So if you look at it, if Joe Biden, who's gonna barely, not going to get many delegates out of Iowa, if Joe Biden comes in a distant second, distant third in New Hampshire, which by the polls, it's not looking so hot for middle-class Joe. It's not looking so hot for union man Joe. How are you most electable? And by the way, Nevada is before South Carolina. So if Bernie Sanders is the winner of Iowa, which I I think he's about to be declared that, it's not going to have the same impact it should have, but if he wins Iowa, if he wins New Hampshire, that's a lot of momentum going into Nevada. If if, If Joe Biden then doesn't win Nevada, how are you the most electable if you're losing State after state after state, particularly Nevada, which has a much more diverse demographic than Iowa and New Hampshire. So I think Joe Biden, and that's why you see now Joe Biden, who, you know, with his aides and with his allies from Wokeback Mountain, I just love using this graphic, so that's why I keep saying it. But his allies at Wokeback Mountain, when Joe Biden was leading in the polls, they said, how dare Bernie Sanders attack a fellow Democrat? How how dare these progressives? We need party unity. But then when he comes in an embarrassing fourth place in the Iowa caucus, oh, the gloves are off. He's going after Bernie on the campaign trail right now. He's going after, you know, little Pete on the campaign trail. So again... Just like the identity politics is bull, they don't care about they don't care about African Americans, transgender people, Muslim people, Latino people. They're just using that as a political shield. They also don't care about party unity, because when Biden was up, party unity was a thing. Now that he's fighting for his political life, oh, I don't care. I'm going to go after Bernie and Pete and all of them. Honestly, I think Joe Biden getting 15 minutes last night to wax poetic about his stuttering problem. Again, I'm not diminishing it. I stuttered when I was a kid. Uh, But that has nothing to do with whether you should be president. And these town halls should not be used as infomercials for candidates. They should have to be asked tough questions. He was allowed to lie for an hour about his Social Security record, his record on middle class policies, 
and basically get empathy from around the country because he has a stutter. Well, last time I checked, Joe Biden overcoming a stutter is not going to make the difference between whether you work one job or two jobs, whether you have health care or do not, whether you're buried for the rest of your life in student loan debt or not, whether the planet burns or not. Sorry. Elizabeth Warren, I was very surprised, actually. Um, I was very surprised because you would think Elizabeth Warren, why wasn't her campaign making more of a stink here about this Iowa stuff? Remember, remember how the corporate media for the last year has been putting out there that Elizabeth Warren has the best ground game in all of Iowa? She has the most staff than anybody. She has the best organizers on the ground. So I was kind of surprised. Why isn't her campaign raising a stink about this? Because in fairness, we can't just say, well, this hurts Bernie Sanders the way they've been reporting these results. We can't just say... This hurts Bernie Sanders, the fact that yesterday they literally, it was, it was exposed that they were literally handing votes that went to Bernie Sanders to Tom Steyer and to Deval Patrick, who I didn't even know was still running and who shockingly is getting a, a um, town hall. I don't know if he had it last night or he's having it tonight. That they'll give Deval Patrick, who's at like zero something percent, a town hall, but not Tulsi Gabbard, who in New Hampshire, I believe is at six or seven percent. So that shows you who the DNC favors and who the DNC is built to sabotage. So Elizabeth Warren, you would think if you've staked so much of your campaign in Iowa, if you have all of this ground game in Iowa, why aren't you guys raising a a stink about this? Because in reality, this could have hurt your campaign, not as much as Bernie, but maybe you have an additional two to three percent. Maybe you're, you're a closer second place, right? It's possible. I mean, I don't trust the numbers. Even if Bernie has declared the winner, I don't trust the numbers. I think it's possible Bernie Sanders won by five to six points. You have dozens of errors. You have them literally re- releasing the numbers, as I showed you with Jennifer calling from Iowa, in a way to hurt Bernie Sanders. So how the hell are you to trust these numbers? So I find it interesting, why is Elizabeth Warren's campaign not causing a stink here? And I think I know the answer. I said this at the time that it happened, when Elizabeth Warren stabbed Bernie Sanders, not in the back, in the front. I bet you her campaign's internal polling, not the polling that we see by all these different polling groups, but the internal polling that all the campaigns have, I bet it's a lot worse in Iowa than we're seeing publicly. So the Hillary Clinton alumni that Elizabeth Warren hired for her staff, because Elizabeth Warren hired a bunch of Hillary Clinton staffers from 2016 for her staff, were probably looking at, uh, we're going we're gonna to lose Iowa by a lot here. So we've got to try something. Instead of going after Joe Biden, who Elizabeth Warren entered her political life, going after Joe Biden over the bankruptcy bill, instead of going after him, remember, she hasn't gone after him in one debate. I wonder why. Instead of doing that, she stabs Bernie Sanders in the front with a bunch of hearsay, claiming that he, you know, told her a woman can't win, which is not even, it's not verifiable. It's the definition of he said, she said. It backfired on her. But to me, you only take that extreme measure. That is an extreme measure. 
You are breaching a private conversation with a longtime political ally. You are not doing it in a subtle way. All of this hype for Elizabeth Warren, she's got the best ground game. According to the numbers, she comes in a distant third place. Again, her campaign doesn't say anything, isn't complaining, which indicates their numbers showed that she was going to come in a different, a distant third place, and that's why she shanked Bernie. So what's at stake? We already went over Joe Biden. Same thing for Elizabeth Warren. First of all, you would have to assume coming in a distant third place, the money is start starting to dry up for Elizabeth Warren. If she does not win the New, New Hampshire primary, if she doesn't win the New Hampshire primary or come in a very, very close second, her campaign's over. It's over. The reason is she, other than Bloomberg, who has just doubled his staff to 2,000 employees and who has just doubled his advertising budget. So if you haven't seen enough of Joe, uh, Michael Bloomberg, if you're not sick enough of seeing him on your televisions, it's about to get worse. Other than him, Elizabeth Warren has the most paid staff. She has over 1,000 staffers around the country. Well, if you're coming in a distant third in Iowa, if you don't win New Hampshire or at least come in a close second, fundraising dries up, you're going to have to start laying off staff. This is what happened with Kamala Harris. She started laying off staff because her polling was going down. It's, gonna, it, it's a lot worse than polling going down. If you're losing elections, there's nowhere to go but out. And by the way, it's worse for Elizabeth Warren if she doesn't win New Hampshire or if she doesn't come in a very, very close second, you'd be losing your neighboring state. She's the senator from Massachusetts. If you can't win New Hampshire or come in a very close second, what is your path? What is your path? Are you going to win Nevada? Because Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden have generally been polling the best in Nevada. Are you going to win South Carolina? She's in third place in South Carolina. Her staff and her PR people have put out that she's well-positioned in Super Tuesday, but you need money to pay for all this staff. She's going to start laying off staff because her money is going to dry up. So then, then it comes down to politics. I've already said, and I'm sure other progressive journalists have said, as far as I'm concerned, putting aside whether she has any conviction or not, which she clearly doesn't, I think Elizabeth Warren has probably, other than Hillary Clinton, the worst political instincts of a politician I've seen in quite some time. She wrongly calculated in 2016 not to endorse Bernie. She wrongly calculated not to stand up for Standing Rock and Native Americans. She has wrongly calculated on this campaign over and over and over again. She just did the politically suicidal act of shanking, stabbing Bernie in the front. So what does it come down to? Politics. If she loses New Hampshire, if she doesn't come in a close second, she needs to look down the line. Well, if I drop out now, I might put myself in a position if Bernie were to win the New Hampshire primary, maybe because Bernie is what us Jews call a mensch, Bernie would forgive or forget, forgive and forget. And maybe if I drop out now, I'm talking after New Hampshire and endorse Bernie Sanders, he'll consider me as vice president or treasury secretary or something like that. Uh, I hope Bernie Sanders doesn't. I don't say that out of spite to her, but I firmly believe not just 
in politics, but in life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's the people you hire for your company, as important as skill is, it's almost equally important. You need to trust people. You need to know you could trust the people in your life, whether it's family, loved ones, uh, people at your, you know, that work for you. You can't have to debate. Are they going around making side deals behind your back? Are they, are they really, you know, have one eye in your face and one eye behind your back? I don't think you could make someone who so clearly betrayed you part of your administration. But Elizabeth Warren might be delusional enough to think that if she were to drop out after, um, if she were to drop out after uh, New Hampshire and endorse Bernie, maybe by the time we get to the White House, if that happens, we'll forgive and forget. I think Bernie Sanders is the type of person that would, honestly. I, I hope he's not, but I think he is. Then, then on the other end, if Elizabeth Warren, let's say Bernie Sanders wins the New Hampshire primary, but Joe Biden comes in second place. Elizabeth Warren's political strategy and her political instincts being how terrible they are might deduce, well, if I drop out and endorse Joe Biden, I think Biden will, will come back. I think Biden will win South Carolina and then clean up in Super Tuesday and maybe he'll consider me as vice president. Because clearly at this point, she doesn't have any conviction. She will gladly take vice president for the very politician she first entered politician politics railing against, and that's Joe Biden. What's amazing, what's amazing about all of this, what's amazing about all of this is the media. You know, I'm going to have to have Colin make a graphic and like a moving video graphic. Um, Terror West, where can I sign up for status coup? Statusku.com slash join Terror West. That's where. Statusku.com slash join. Sign up. You can become a member for as low as five to ten bucks a month. Makes a huge difference. So, you know, this this whole train that the that the corporate media has been putting us on. First, they were propping up Kamala Harris. CNN gave her a town hall within five minutes of her declaring her candidacy. Then that didn't work out, so they they stood on a bar with Beto O'Rourke. When he wasn't their savior, they were so, so relieved when, you know, Uncle Joe came out of retirement and ran. But then when it was clear Uncle Joe can't construct full sentences anymore, not because he has a stuttering problem, but because his brain is cognitively declining, which I've been saying for six months now. Hate to say it, not a doctor. Don't wish him poor health, but I have two eyes and he's clearly not all there. It's just the truth. Then, when Joe Biden was having some issues, then they gave Pete Buttigieg adoring coverage. Then, was Ma- then when Mayor Pete had less black support than Governor George Wallace, then they started giving Elizabeth Warren adoring coverage for six months. And that helped her become a frontrunner. I'm not saying she became a frontrunner only because of adoring media coverage, but it certainly helped. Elizabeth Warren did not get, did not get critical media coverage until very, very end. So they've been all over all over the place in terms of who the corporate media has tried to prop up. Now they are not so, not so subtly trying to prop up Michael Bloomberg. So again, New Hampshire, toast. It's you toast if you're Elizabeth Warren, if you do not win. New Hampshire are coming a close second. There is no path. There is no path for Elizabeth Warren if she does not win New Hampshire or a close second. 